For today's episode of IT Girl, we will be conversing with Nike intern turned Nike software engineer, Sonia Camacho. Since 2019, Sonia has been exposing her Instagram followers to the world of a woman in STEM. Since, she has had many accomplishments, including completing her Bachelor of Science and Master's of Engineering in Computer Science at OSU. Additionally, she has managed to grow her platform, reaching nearly 12,000 followers on her Instagram account at Sonia underscore macho. Okay. Hello, Sonia. How are you doing? How is your day so far? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is such a special episode and just honored to be on here with you all. And like Fernanda said, we have previously met in person. So this is really cool to be able to connect and honestly just share my story with more people. So I'm really excited for today's episode. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for making time out of your day to be here. Um, and I happened to do some stalking sometime ago. <laughs> And I saw that you attended the Grace Hopper Conference. Um, yeah. More recently, I saw that you were able to attend the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers Conference. And for those um, listening who haven't been to a computer science conference, can you give us a rundown of what typically goes on during these conferences? Yeah, so I think I was a sophomore when I went to the Grace Hopper Conference, and I had no idea what to expect. I was looking up like day in the life of a conference like vlog you know like how we do now because uh, we have access to it all and there was hardly anything that I could find that would really capture everything that goes on so basically these conferences are in these huge event centers or convention centers and there's like probably 20 rooms with different talks going on all at once so like it could be someone from Microsoft talking about you know, what to put on your resume. And then there's someone from Google talking about like networking. And so there's like all these talks going on all at the same time. But one of the most important and favorite features of a conference is the career fair. And usually those open up like the day after the conference starts. And it's just rows and rows of booths of different companies who are wanting to see your resume. They want to get you into an interview. Sometimes they will interview you the same day you give them your resume. And it is very overwhelming. It's chaotic. It's nonstop networking and just go, 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 trying to learn as much, trying to get your name out there. So for Grace Hopper, um, I actually went with a, like 12 other girls from Oregon State. And so that was very helpful. Like it was able to stay in the hotel with them and really kind of like prepare each other, practice our elevator pitches and everything. And I was actually able to get a few interviews there. I think I had four different interviews at Grace Hopper and I had two offers and I accepted one to Macy's Technology, but that's when COVID hit. So nothing really came out of that one, but eventually I ended up at Nike. Oh, wow. That's so cool. And it's so cool that you ended up at Nike, something that's also kind of similar. What can one do to gain the most out of attending these conferences? And I guess you kind of gave a little bit about that. Yeah, I feel like people don't, they do not take advantage of all the opportunities enough because yes, you're going to be tired and yes, it's a lot of effort. And if you're not an extrovert, it's very difficult, but think about it like this. It's usually three to five days and then, you know, your whole life could change after that. So, you know, put on your best face, you know, get 
drink as much coffee as you can to get energized. <laughs> and honestly, the best part of how you can, or the best way that you can take advantage of these opportunities is to really network with every single person that you meet. You could be standing in line for a burrito and in between talks and just talk to the people around you. Like I said, it's going to be very awkward and weird if you're not an extrovert, but this is how people land jobs. Like I landed an interview with Nike um, because the person I was riding on the airplane with, like right next to me, I was just talking to him and he happened to work at Nike. So it's really those situations where you, if you put yourself out there, good things will come in return. Um, and also you're going to be tired and you're not going to want to attend the different workshops or talks, but go to them. You will definitely learn a lot. And then that gives you kind of a topic that you can talk to other people about like, oh, did you go to the Microsoft talk and, or did you go to the Nike talk? Like, what did you think? You know, it's a good conversation starter, but like I said, it's going to be difficult, but you just have to suffer through it if you really want the benefits of everything if that makes sense. <laughs> no, yeah, that that honestly makes perfect sense. And it goes along with what a lot of other people say that whole, like, it takes one yes to change mm-hmm. everything. So yeah. yeah, that I think that's really good advice. Um, the next part is still related to the conference. Um, mm-hmm. If I stocked correctly, you attended <laughs> Grace Hopper as a student, but um, SHPE as a speaker. And you this again this is kind of related to the last question but what did you see as a speaker that you initially overlooked or saw other students overlooking so I actually didn't speak I wish I did but um I went as a no you're good I so I went to the Shep National Convention in North Carolina as a content creator and so I had I tell everyone that going to a convention or a conference post-grad is so different. It's so incredibly different. And I will just say the hustle culture that you're feeling right now, if you're going to a conference, like I just mentioned, you know, it's three to five days of just straight networking and you're really working hard and all of that. That's really not the same if you go as a professional, like after school, it's much more relaxed and you're actually really, because you're not hunting for that job like you normally would be. Obviously you're still networking, but there's not that like desperation attached to it. That's like, I need a job, you know? Um, But I will say that something that I didn't expect to be different, I guess, was, hmm, wait, no, no, now I'm thinking about it. I do want to be a speaker next year and hopefully that's in the works. But what I've learned from my friends who are speakers is that, you know, really sharing anything and everything with people at these conferences is really how you are able to make those connections because everyone's always talking about the same things like school or work, right? But if you like have some sort of interest outside of school and work, that's really what can make a valuable and meaningful connection. So I would say that's something that I've learned like finding similarities to Mm -hmm. you want to connect with that are not necessarily relevant to the whole conference. Yeah. And I think something that recruiters or other people uh, kind of feel a lot is like when a student comes up to them, you know, 
obviously, like I just said, you have that like, oh my gosh, I want to get a job out of this or, you know, (laughs) but if you make it all about that, it's comes off as ingenuine and people can tell. So what I'm trying to say is like, it's really about making a genuine effort and actual like friendship or connection that will probably take you further than someone who's like, here's my resume right away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that does. That does make a lot of sense. And honestly, that's really good advice because I often feel like I want to reach out to people on LinkedIn and like they're alumni and stuff, but it's like, I don't want, it feels so um, selfish and like, yeah, yeah, like I wreak desperation. So (laughs) that's, that's a good way of like making that person you want to connect with feel like they're not being used. And it makes you feel like you're not using someone because that doesn't exactly either. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's really good advice. And um, the next topic I wanted to talk about was the resumes. So I know that like resumes are a little bit different when you are looking for like a very technical role, like software engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, So you were accepted into Nike as an intern and then as a full-time employee, Uh, Can you tell us what you believe was on those resumes that ultimately got you both jobs? Yeah, Um, I have made a few videos about this. And so I'm going to try and describe it verbally because it's Mm -hmm. obviously it's easier to do it video style. But I think the one thing that people focus too much on their resumes when it comes to these technical positions is relevant coursework. So relevant coursework should be a section, but for me, it was literally like two sentence worth. Like it was a very small section. Some resumes that I've seen, they go in so much detail about the classes they've taken. And the thing is that you have to realize in these technical positions, everyone's taking those same classes. You know what I mean? So it's like the the recruiter or the yeah, the recruiter's going to see your resume and they're going to be like, okay, I don't care that you took calculus because so did the other 2,500 applicants. <laughs> yeah. So I think what the focus needs to be on a resume and it's not, you know, your GPA or the relevant coursework, but it's really about your extracurricular activities and your personal projects. So these are really difficult. Um, personal projects are really difficult to give advice on because everyone's different. For me, I have a passion for fashion. And so I was able to do some electrical engineering and computer science and make like LED um, leather jacket, pressure sensor, high heels. So those were the kind of things that were on my resume that obviously were like, oh, that's really cool. Not a lot of people are doing that. Um, So my best advice for personal projects is always to find your passion outside of technology and then try and kind of merge those two together. And if you can't think of anything, then just create an app, follow a YouTube tutorial, um, but, you know, make it your own. And then outside of personal projects, uh, which I didn't mention why personal projects are so important, it's because it shows the recruiter that you do work outside of just your schoolwork. So it really shows them that you're driven and that you actually want to be in this field. Um, Now, volunteering in extracurricular activities, that could be like a club or an organization, something that shows the recruiter that you give time back to your community, because a lot of these companies like Nike, they have what is called ERG, uh, employee resource groups. So we have like a Latino and friends network. And so they want an employee who will not only do hard work, but get involved in these ERGs. Um, And like right now I hold like a volunteer position, but that 
I think the reason why I got to Nike as well is because I was on the board of so many clubs and organizations. And I really showed that, okay, even though I'm in a really hard major, I like to, you know, get outside my comfort zone and give back to the community. So I'll do the same at your company. I will do all the work you give me. But on top of that, I will volunteer and make sure that we have a community there. So I think those are the main things that really stood out on my resume that I always give advice to others. <laughs> yeah, that no, that's really good advice. And um, there's always a lot of like resume workshops, but I'd never hear someone put it so well articulated. So no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so that was thank you. And pressure, what did you say? Pressure sensor heels. LED heels, yes. Like oh, every time you take a step, so cool. it was a different color. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 And it makes sense because a lot of these companies are trying to like make a transition into technology, but make it mm -hmm. seamlessly. So yeah. it makes sense that they would look for people like that who are in yeah. tech, but also other non-tech related things. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, like I didn't a hundred percent come up with these like personal projects on my own. I would look up like wearable technology projects and there would be tutorials that I could really like follow along, but obviously I was doing it myself. So I kind of made it my own. So mm -hmm. if you're hearing me say this and you're like, oh my God, how does she have all these great ideas? Like, <laughs> no, find your two passions. Like I said, just start Googling and then honestly just work off someone else's project for inspiration. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. So um, as a high school student, I never envisioned a future for myself further than being accepted into college. And once I was in college, it was hard to take on one task at a time. And as a result, I often became overwhelmed by like any kind of job. What types of changes have you experienced when you've changed roles? Yeah, I definitely can relate to what you said, especially as like we focus on one thing at a time until we get to the next step. And like grad school was never even on my mind ever in my life. I never wanted to go get a master's degree. And then I'm in college. I'm like, well, what's next? I guess I'll get a master's, you know? <laughs> so I totally relate to that. Um, but then when, when things roll around, like when my master's did come around, I was like, oh my God, like I actually have to be a master's student now. Like it's, it's more than just telling people I'm going to grad school. Like I actually have to do the work. So I've been overwhelmed a lot in my life, but I've noticed and learned a few things that have helped me. First of all, it's all about balance. So, um, and I think who, how do I say this? So it's all about balance and who you surround yourself can really help you as well. In my first few years of college, I didn't have the best group of friends. We weren't very close. And so I kind of always feel like I was like floating around and, and never really in a solid place. And then towards the end, I was volunteering. I had a good group of friends. And so I was really able to kind of disconnect with them, but they were also going through the same things as me because they were also in computer science. And another thing that I feel like I do to kind of alleviate all of the the overwhelmingness, <laughs> I don't even know how you say that, um, is to really journal and kind of like meditate and be alone sometimes. Like I said, it does matter like your friend group and you should be doing, you should be going and doing like a painting class with your friends on the weekend. And if you need like a break from studying, you know but you should also just spend some time alone and kind of reflecting because I feel like the world is so fast paced and especially in college, like everything is so go, go, go that sometimes you just need a moment by yourself to kind of like reflect on where you are. And I kind of want to touch on what you said at the beginning, like 
how sometimes you feel like it's just chance that you've gotten to where you are or whatever. But like when you take those moments by yourself, you'll really realize that like, wow, I've gotten to where I am because of hard work. And if you don't think that, I mean, it's, it is true. You've gotten to where you are because of your hard work. You know, it's not just luck. So sorry, I'm kind of rambling here, but basically it's about balance, having a good community around you, making sure that you're taking breaks from just studying all the time or working and then enjoying your time alone. And yeah, I think also um, I'll end it with like not being that hard on yourself because I feel like a lot of times in school, I was always so freaked out about, you know, failing a test or failing this or that. And if you do fail at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. Yes, you may have to retake a class and yes, that might put you in even more debt. And yes, that sucks, but it's not the end of the world. You know, you cannot have successes in life without failures. So you have to have that learning mindset and just kind of roll with the punches, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's some really good advice. I feel like I should just listen to that. Like, 30 seconds every day I'm wake <laughs> up because I'm starting school tomorrow so oh my um, gosh wait yeah, you guys had yeah, a long so, break wow yeah we ha- it's semester so uh, oh, oh, oh yeah that's why we have like super long breaks gotcha. um but no yeah that was that was really good advice so like kind of like stimulate yourself like I feel like we kind of sometimes go numb coding a lot mm-hmm. or like just staring at a screen so like stimulate yourself with some friends and activities but then also don't overstimulate yourself and do some me time what kind of things do you think that people like on a similar journey can expect to look forward to so what can people kind of expect that's what you said right yeah yeah um I think I'll kind of like hit different points in my life so from going from being a Uh, undergrad student in computer science to being a master's student, something that people can expect is the level of expectation does rise. I remember one time I was like, I don't know how to find this article or something. And my professor in in grad school was like, as a grad student, you'd be expected to like do the research. If you can't understand something, you have to do the research outside of class time. And I remember I was like so red and I was like, oh my gosh, she just called me out. But that honestly taught me so much. Like the expectations as you go in life, they just get a little bit more difficult. But you, like I said earlier, you really just have to roll with the punches. So from undergrad to master's, the expectations from my teachers really went up. And then from grad school to like real life, big kid job, there is so many more responsibilities. And it this varies um, depending on person to person. My mom helped me out with my rent during college because my TA job was not paying me enough to be paying my rent and living my life. So I had a whole new load of responsibilities like rent, utilities, my car, and just everything like and groceries, like everything just costs so much to live, you know? And on top of that, (laughs) and on top of that, it's like, you have to go to work and report to someone. And now you're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole again. You know, you're being told what to do. You're the newest person in the group or in the room. So um, it is challenging. What I can say is like, what, what people can expect out of a computer science journey is that 
it will be challenging, but it's not something that you can't handle because you've already made it to where you are right now, whether you're a freshman in college or whether you're a high school student going into computer science, just being in the space that you're in, you have the drive and you're going to be able to accomplish whatever is thrown at you. But I will say that looking at it from a younger perspective, I would always be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to, how am I going to pay for my own rent? Or you know what I mean? Stuff like that and work. And it just, as, as you grow up, things kind of get easier alongside, if that makes sense. Like I'll look back on how I acted in undergrad or the homework I got. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember freaking out over three homework assignments at once. And that's nothing, you know? So you get used to just dealing with more work and everything kind of it becomes seamless. And I don't know, I don't know, like I'm saying, I'm really rambling here, but things become easier and you are able to tackle a lot more than you think that you can. Yeah, no, I think that makes perfect sense because what you were saying in the beginning was kind of, I don't know if you saw my face, but I was slowly, I like looked at myself on the camera and I was like, oh, like, shoot, I like look like I'm like stressed out. Um, But um, because I was like, wait, like, um, she's saying it gets harder and it does, but it's like building muscle. You learn more. Yeah. Yeah, It's just like building muscle. Five weight, like five pounds. And then Mm -hmm. you start with like 10 and then 15 and then you just keep going because like that's what they've been doing since you were like five years old. Yeah. Slowly start like building. Yeah. That's only like where like word I can think of endurance. Yeah. No, that really is it. And I remember being a junior and I was going to take like a 600 level class. I can't even remember what it was, but I remember being terrified because at our school, we had like, you know, 300 was like for juniors. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to take a 600 level course. Like I'm freaking out. But I went into it and it was fine. Like everyone's still a student and there's still a teacher there. Like there are certain expectations, but it wasn't something impossible. So like you said, it's like, if you don't pick up that next five pounds or the 10 pounds, like, how are you going to keep getting better? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do know what you mean. Um, um, so I'm glad we're talking about it now on a different note what do you recommend people do or remind themselves of when imposter syndrome begins to get in the way I guess we kind of did talk like kind of hinted at it but we didn't say like the word like the term everyone is using now um imposter syndrome yeah imposter syndrome is like a it's not a weird one but it's like it's a tough one to talk about because we all feel it. Even the listeners who are like, I don't feel it. You feel it. And you know, you do (laughs) like, we all go through this. Um, And it's basically that feeling of kind of reevaluating where you are and being like, I, I can't believe I'm here. Like I only got here because of luck or I'm not worthy to be in this position. So many people in my position are doing so much better than me. And let me try and think of this quote that I just heard today. I remember I heard it and I was like, that is so good. It was something about comparing yourself. Hmm. I'll have to send it to Fernanda. Maybe they can make a post about it. But there's <laughs> there was a quote that was like how comparing yourself is not good um, because it's true. We all have different minds. And I remember 
crying so much in physics class because the guy next to me got like an 83% on our test and I literally got like a 25%. Physics was so hard for me. And I remember just being like, why doesn't my brain work like his? And I'll never be able to graduate with this degree. And I'm not even worthy to be in this class right now. Like I literally got less than a 50%. I got half of a 50% on this grade. Like that is terrible. But you know what? Something that I feel like kind of goes along with imposter syndrome is not letting your failures define who you are, but using it as motivation. And so really turning that around. And instead of, you know, letting my 24% scare me out of a class, I was like, no, I'm here for a reason. And I got, you know, I went to the free tutoring centers, I went to office hours, and I really just used it as motivation. And I, I passed every physics class, every physics class, um, which was very hard to do. So it's kind of one of those things where in the with imposter syndrome, you really have to talk yourself out of it and use it as motivation and prove yourself wrong, if that makes sense. Because you will always have those nervous feelings of like, oh my gosh, like this is, I don't belong here, but you do. And it's up to yourself to really just talk yourself out of it. So yeah, I hope that helps. <laughs> imposter syndrome is a tough one because it's like, there's no like cure for it. And it's much easier said than done. Like you can't just tell yourself, okay, snap out of it. It's something that you kind of have to train yourself to do. So maybe like positive affirmations or I don't know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I think all of that was very accurate. Um, and physics like that's a huge accomplishment that you like that's yeah. every physics because I was like notorious for like not not like I don't want to say like weeding people out oh yeah um, like no it's knocking it's... people off balance yeah almost yeah like um and just out of curiosity is this the quote that I forgot her name but like legal body yes oh my gosh I saw that and that resonated with me <laughs> That's so funny because I remember us watching it and I was like, that is such a good quote. Yeah. And going off of that, like just a general piece of advice is mm -hmm. if you're having a hard time finding your community in person, there's a whole online community, no matter what it is that you're into, you can find inspiration and just people that relate to you in every way possible online, whether that's TikTok or Instagram, like Fernanda said, like I, and this whole is this the series with the tech influencers or is this just your um this is just anyone in tech just inspirational yeah so I mean like the people who are going to be featured on this on these episodes like there are people out there with inspiring stories that can really help you you know find that motivation within yourself whether it's defeating imposter syndrome or like navigating a new job or navigating a new school whatever it is there's always someone out there that has a story to share. So definitely look to your online community as well, if you're struggling in any sense. Yeah, that's, no, that's really good advice because that's some of what makes tech. I know like there's always these essays we write on high school, like is tech good? Is tech bad? Is AI good? Mm -hmm. Bad. But one for sure good thing about tech is that like the interconnectedness, the internet, like we're yeah. connected now and we might as well use that to our benefit. Yeah. So oh my gosh, well, thank you for having me. And I look forward to connecting with all of the listeners and everyone Um, and go watch or go listen to the next episodes of this podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye.
Yay! Yay!